0: Good morning, and welcome to worship at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church on this Lord's Day, October 11th. My name is Lisa McLennan, and I am the parish associate for mission here at the church. We are delighted that you are worshiping with us through Facebook Live, uh, live right now, but we're also delighted if you join us later uh, at this site, uh, through the website, through Facebook, or through our podcast. Welcome to worship with us this morning. So One Avenue Presbyterian Church is an intergenerational community that seeks to know God and one another and our neighbors in deep and authentic ways. If you are interested in learning more about our church, we invite you to be in touch with me or with Margot, or with Lori Rabel, our head pastor, and our contact information is on the website. We do have opportunities for orientation and membership coming up this month. Our beautiful flowers this morning are here in celebration and in witness to the life of Angie Madigan, our sister and church member whose funeral service was held here on Friday evening. If you were unable to participate live, you can also find that on our Facebook page. Uh, Our weather is not being cooperative today. We're excited that last week we, we resumed our children's chapel at 4.30 on the lawn followed by our five o'clock outdoor worship service. Uh, we hope for today, but we invite you to be uh, attentive to our website and our social media posts. We'll make a decision about two, by two o'clock today about whether or not to proceed. Uh, that will include children's chapel, the worship service, as well as youth group, which was, is planned for after worship service. Uh, We also uh, are excited about baptism classes we're offering right now by our uh, seminary intern, Ashley Anderson. If you're interested in participating, please be in touch with us. We also have launched some podcasts around the topic of baptism, and please see uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you find those, you can find our, our site there. COVID continues to Uh, limit our ability to be together, and we want you to know that our uh, COVID task force is closely monitoring the situation and our ability to resume gathering. We long to be together with you and are discerning safely the ways we might do so. And lastly, uh, Roof Above, formerly known as Urban Ministry Center, uh, they are continuing to give away 700 lunches a day. And next Saturday, October 17th, we hope to resume contributing lunches. And we have opportunities for you to sign up on our website. Uh, please visit that and use the sign up genius. Can you make 10 lunches? If so, we invite you to do so. And now, let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
1: Where cross the crowded ways of life, Where sound the cries of race and clan, Above the noise of selfish strife,
2: Please join me in our call to worship. Praise the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Gather us in, O oh God, so that we may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, giving glory and praise to your holy name. Come, let us worship God.
1: sustains dedication has a commitment we know never ends. Here at your table confirm our intention. Give it your seal of forgiveness i
2: Brothers and sisters, because of God's love and grace, we approach God with confidence in confessing our sins. Join me as we pray in unison. God, our fears and prejudices run deep. Sometimes we can only see our own point of view. We stick with those who are like us, rarely venturing outside our comfort zone. We do not hear those crying for justice and true peace. We blame those who are suffering and in need instead of standing by them. We deny the power of your gospel to unite us, those who are different from us. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Open us to new possibilities of life for all your people and to use us to enact the new life given in christ seek the lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteousness their thoughts let them return to the lord that he may have mercy on them and to our god for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts friends believe the good news of the gospel you have been called and claimed by the God of all things In the abundance of God's grace and the power of God's love, your sins have been forgiven. Thanks be to God.
3: Let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you gave light to the soul. Pour onto us the spirit of your wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. This morning, we continue with our sermon series, Jesus Says. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. I'll be reading from chapter 22, verse 1 to 14. Hear now the word of the Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call on those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent another slave, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My ox and and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it, and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to the slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main streets, and invite everyone you find. Those slaves went out to the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to them, to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants bind him hand and foot and throw him out into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen friends this is the word of the lord thanks be to god weeping and gnashing of teeth for being underdressed <laughs> are you serious it's kind of harsh i have to admit that this text is not one that I read often. In my personal devotion time, I like to read from Luke's gospel, rather than from Matthew's. Because in Luke's, it emphasizes God's inclusive love for all people. Luke makes that love show in almost every verse. While in Matthew, it's harsh, it's scolding, and frankly, often it makes me uncomfortable. You can see the difference between Matthew and Luke's gospel clearly in this story. Luke tells this story simpler, in a more gentle tone. Luke emphasizes the concern for the poor and the crippled and the blind. He speaks to the inclusiveness of God's banquet table, where all are welcomed and no one is asked to leave. Being thrown into darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth is not in Luke's gospel. Matthew's tale that we just heard is over-the-top, bizarre and downright violent, if I may say so myself. Barbara Brown Taylor calls Matthew a fire-and-brimstone preacher. She says that if Matthew and Luke were to both have churches in her hometown, she would go to Luke's church every Sunday. And if she was ever dragged to Matthew's church, she would sit at the back door, ready to leave. In Matthew's world, you're either a sheep or a goat, a wise one or a foolish one, or a wolf in sheep's clothing. Matthew's parables are often intense. They're not direct, feel-good stories. So I'm with Barbara Brown Taylor. I wish we were in Luke's church today, but we're in Matthew's. So our gospel reading starts with an invitation I love checking my mail. I always have since I was a little girl. I would wait for the postman to come. I've always found it exciting to see who would write or who would invite. Things used to be a lot different before the pandemic. You see, I'm of the age now where most of my friends are getting married, and so the mail always seems to be exciting. My mail lately goes like this. Phone bill, car bill, spam letter, spam letter. Our insurance is better than their insurance, coupons, coupons, ordination invitation, wedding invitation, baby shower, spam letter, spam letter. Maybe some of you are like me, and you find checking the mail and receiving an invitation thrilling. But maybe some of you aren't like me, and you receive so many letters and invitations that they start to feel a bit burdensome. Oh my gosh, how am I going to choose if I go to this wedding or that wedding that weekend? Or how do I choose if I take my child to this birthday party or that birthday party? In our parable this morning, I would have not been on the king's A-list because the A-list was not excited about receiving that piece of mail. They could care less about the king or his son's silly wedding banquet, so they didn't show up. They couldn't be bothered to RSVP, so the worried king sent his slaves out to fetch them. But then things turn dark. Not only do they ignore the invitation, but they kill the messengers. As you can imagine, this sends the king into a deep rage. He could never be so embarrassed as to have his banquet hall empty. What an insult. So he puts all the food back in the oven to stay warm, and he rallies the troops, and he orders them to go out and to kill the A-listers and to burn down their cities. Harsh, Matthew, (laughs) but the king doesn't let his anger get the best of it. He's going to have a party. So instead, he expands the invitation list. He calls on his B-list, his C-list, his D-list, and he sends his servants out to invite the good and the bad so that the wedding hall could be filled. So off they go down the main streets to invite everyone and anyone. The Greek here translates to they go down the main street, but it really says they go where the roads begin and where the roads end. So off they go to all the borders of the region and they invite everyone. Those on the farm, those who clean, those who work in the market, those who beg, those who are cast out, everyone is invited. One guest arrived wildly underdressed for the occasion. I imagine he was probably wearing jean shorts and a Hawaiian t-shirt. And we have to remember that this was an invitation from the king, which out of respect would have required a little sprucing up, maybe some hair gel or pulling out the iron, you know how it goes. New Testament scholar Stan Saunders says that in Matthew's time, appropriate wedding attire was important enough The historians say that special clothing was made available for guests who showed up to the events dressed improperly. One couldn't expect a farmer to own hair gel and a tuxedo. I imagine it's kind of like what going to a very fancy restaurant is like these days. They have a coat and a tie ready for gentlemen who arrive to dress too casually for dinner. So the Hawaiian shirt-wearing wedding guest was evicted. Because he was not dressed properly. He did not show effort or respect in his appearance, and the king had him removed from the party, cast out into darkness. Now we need to recognize that Matthew isn't just talking about being underdressed. The wedding robe is a deeper and more, and has a more symbolic meaning, it's a whole way of life one that honors the king and recognizes the privilege of being called into his presence. Tom Long explains the characters best in his commentary. The king is God, throwing a banquet for his son Jesus. The wedding, the wedding hall can be seen as a metaphor for the church, and the gathering of good and bad is the gathering of the mission of the church, the gathering of us all. One thing that's clear in this metaphorical parable is that worthiness is not defined in the terms of one's ethnic identity or religious affiliation or who one votes for or how much money they have or where they vacation in the summer. It's defined in images of gathering, in images of inclusion, in images of celebration. The good and the bad, the farmer and the bus driver, the doctor and the teacher, the king and the pop star are all invited to the banquet. And the only requirement is that they must respond to the invitation and come to the wedding wearing the right clothes. Not a tuxedo or your nicest heels or your fanciest hat or your most prized handbag, but clothes of repentance and faithfulness and humility and forgiveness. This parable asks the church if it's a place for this kind of celebration. Is it a place full of people who wear the right clothing? Because no matter what century we live in, God has offered us the most significant invitation of our lives. And we must not treat it as one option among many to be declined or deferred until later to be lost amongst our junk mail and our bills. We cannot ignore it like the King's A-list. How we respond to the grace of God and how willing we are to live in obedience to God's love and grace is not a small side issue. We define who we are and how we will live in this world that God has entrusted to us by how we treat one another, what we do with our resources, our time, our money, our talents, our interests. Interests show our level of commitment and our awareness of our responsibilities to God and God's kingdom. As we become more committed, I imagine we will see that some of our Hawaiian shirts just aren't comfortable anymore, that they don't fit us, that they don't fit the occasion, that they leave us underdressed. Our God invites us to be guests at the wedding banquet where everything has already been set up and prepared. We aren't in charge of the invitation list. We aren't in charge of determining who is in and who is out, who is appropriately dressed and who isn't. When we try to play host, we get ourselves and others into a lot of trouble. We cause great pain and hurt when we think and when we speak for God especially when we speak in an exclusive matter than an inclusive word. We need to remember that on one hand, we are like the servants of God. We are commanded to share the invitation with everyone we meet. There's a party going on at Selwyn and you're invited. And on the other hand, we're we're the invited B-list guest, graced with an invitation though We received it by no great merit. We didn't earn it. We didn't buy it. We were freely given this invitation. This is a parable about grace and about the gracious love of God that calls each of us by name and says, you're invited and I want you to sit at my table because if you don't come to this party, it won't be the same. This is a story that says God will meet us where we are and that real love will never leave us. At this party, we're invited to live out our baptisms and to take off our Hawaiian shirts and to put on our wedding robes, robes of new life, robes of deep love, robes of generous discipleship. Matthew is fire and brimstone but anyone who's ever stared into a fire knows to heed its warning. Matthew takes all of this seriously enough to use really scary language to get his point across. How we dress spiritually and who we invite to the banquet is so much more important than any social faux pas we could ever make. May it be so in this place. Amen.
0: Please join me in prayer. Gracious Lord, you have created and prepared a wonderful wedding banquet for us right here on this earth. The beauty and abundance of your earthly kingdom is breathtaking and you constantly invite us to your party. Some days we put on our best wedding robes and show up with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts. We sit close to you and listen for every word you utter. Other times, we're too busy to hear your invitation, or we just ignore your invitation. Maybe we even resent being invited during some seasons of our lives. Sometimes, even when you send the troops out to fetch us to come, we refuse to join the party. We'd rather do what we want, when we want, and how we want. We prefer to do it our way, even when your way is always far better. Lord, sometimes we venture into places and situations that are hard. Maybe we find ourselves somehow unexpectedly exposed, vulnerable, or tossed into the outer darkness. But you, O Lord, even in that darkness, you're there and seeking us. No matter our inconsistent responses to your invitation, you welcome us in. We give thanks and rejoice, Lord, for you are a gracious and very near God. And we need you to stay near, Lord. These days continue to wear on us. There is a numbness brought about by the extended duration of this pandemic and all of the other unexpected events brought about in 2020. There is hostility and bitterness in the air as we continue to divide ourselves into A-list and B-list, us versus them, about the election, racial injustice tensions, Supreme Court justices and cases, wearing masks, returning to school, and accessible healthcare. Lord, help us to remember that we're not us versus them. We're just us, humans, made in your likeness and image. We're more alike than different. Help us to see your image in each other, especially those with whom we disagree or dislike. This is hard, Lord, but with you, all things are possible. Lord, we continue to hold Angie Madigan's family in our prayers, as well as those in our congregation and communities that are battling cancer, recovering from a stroke or a medical procedure, those struggling with isolation and illness, including COVID-19, and those who are walking their final days home to you. Stay near, Lord. Make your peace, healing, and presence known. We pray for those who are underemployed, hungry, or struggle to secure safe and affordable housing. With the rain this weekend, we can't help but pray and worry for our neighbors in the tents uptown. Give us wisdom and courage, Lord, to improve and correct this situation in our city. We pray for the staff and families of Montclair Elementary and our Child Development Center, and for all of our school students and personnel as they continue to teach online while preparing for a return of students. We pray for those dealing with the effects of storms and fires, those in harm's way, and those who feel heavy with burdens and overwhelmed by weariness. We rejoice in you, Lord. We've made our requests known to you, and now we ask that you bring about the peace that passes all understanding, and that we might do the things we have received and learned and heard in you. We ask all this in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, and we are merely stewards of all that has been entrusted to us. During our anthem, let's consider ways in which we might use those things entrusted to us for the good of all. What skills can you share? What time can you give? What gesture can you make in the name of Christ? What resources can you share? Our website has opportunities for you to consider, and our text to give number is 704-734-9818.
1: Oh God, beyond all praising, we worship you today, and sing the love amazing that man cannot repay, for we can only wonder at every gift you and blessings without number and mercies without Oh Griffin.
0: join me in prayer as we dedicate our offerings to God. Gracious God, today we give our offerings, small and large, with the hope and confidence that all we do, all we offer, all we say, all we think, and all we hope will take root in this hurting world. We pray that our gifts will be a source of new expressions of God's love, of God's justice, of God's character, and of God's mission. May God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, through us, alongside us, despite us, and for us. Amen.
3: And friends, as you go from this place, remember that you are invited because of God's grace and that you're needed at this party. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, now and forever. Amen.